Hello everyone and welcome to That's Odd. I'm one of your hosts, Johnny Townsend, and with me is This is Chris Chavez. I like that. That's odd. Yeah, I, I, I want to put a little question mark on it there. <laughs> that's funny because for me I was seeing it more with an exclamation exclamation point. That's odd. Well, I think either one works. I don't think it should just be like a normal sentence. <laughs> I don't think there's grammar police for this, yeah. is there? Uh, well, there probably is, but we'll just ignore them. <laughs> Let's uh, tell the fine listeners what's going on with that's odd. That's odd? Yeah. That's odd? <laughs> I don't think anybody, if you're being real about something being odd, you're not just going to be all nonchalant about it. So, True. Uh, w- what we've decided, we've been discussing this a lot in the uh, other, on our sister podcast, History Creeps, that we wanted the show to be weekly somehow. Mm-hmm. We but actually had a lot of listeners that wanted it to be weekly. Yeah, oddly enough that we even have listeners. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we didn't know exactly how to go about that. We really do put a lot of work uh, into the other show just with research and all that stuff. So doing weekly just sounded like a really big uh, chore almost because yeah. it's three people and we all have different schedules on top of that. So getting schedules together is even more tough. Yeah, and listeners know they've heard it before. Uh, Carter's our Carter Johnson, the other podcast co-host, uh, has a big change coming in his life here. His wife's pregnant; he's going to be having a, a child soon, and we're all, we're all very aware of the fact that there's going to be times where he's not going to be available. Um, so we wanted to make sure that when those times came around, we had a backup plan, something that we could still offer to History Creeps listeners that was still History Creeps, uh, but wasn't. Right, yeah. <laughs> so we came up with, that's odd. That and is what this, odd. And that is odd. And what this show is, it's just going to be like an extension of History Creeps in a way. We're going to be talking about things that are odd, uh, strange. Unexplained. Uh, unexplained, different, creepy, even a little goofy at times. Mm-hmm. Just things that would not uh, really lend themselves to an entire episode. Right, so these are gonna be little Creeps. Right, so these are going to be little shorter uh, bursts of creepy goodness or fun goodness or odd goodness really yeah and we're gonna treat we're gonna treat it like uh we treat uh the segment of history creeps that we do our current creeps where we bring uh each bring something to the table um we're gonna treat this episode that way johnny and i will bring a topic to the table uh or or something that we want to talk about that took place in history and uh so that each week each every other week on the opposite week of history creeps you guys will get Two stories, one from Johnny, one from myself. Right. Of That's Odd. So what we're saying is, you don't need to uh, find That's Odd on another show. If you're getting history creeps, you're going to get this as well. That's right. It's like it's like that extra little bit of chewy nougat you weren't expecting. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a beautiful bonus. Beautiful. A beautiful bonus of goodness. We're making it sound too nice. It's supposed to be creepy, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a, or... or or just odd. How would odd sound? You have odd. some Pee Wee Herman-ish stuff we can say. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I don't know why it's the first thing I think of when I think odd. But, you know, there it is. That's funny. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So now the listeners know what's going on. That this isn't History Creeps this week. That this week they're getting That's Odd. Or That's Odd. Um, you want to start first? You want to go first with your story? Yeah, let's tackle this. Let's jump right into it, man. Tell us what you want to tell us what's odd 
Well, what's odd is we're going to travel back in time. The year was 1891. The Civil War had been over for, you know, a couple decades now. And grunge just started in Seattle. And gr- <laughs> oh, sorry. A little band. Sorry. Yeah, a little band named Nirvana. <laughs> no. Sorry. Well, it's 100 years before that. <laughs> so 1891, you know, most people still get around in buggies or by horse. Uh, you know, the, the fact is the gas-powered vehicle is not a mainstay of the American you know, road system. Mm-hmm. That is not how people got around. In Ohio City, Ohio, which is where we're at in this story, there was an engineer by the name of James Lambert. He decided that he was going to drive around in his very own, get this, his own invented gas-powered buggy. Now, when I say that, he was not the first person to invent this, but he invented his own version of it. When was, the model, it, when was the model, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. When was the Model T? Was this, this is after cars are already invented? The Model T came out around 1908. Oh, okay. Yeah, this was kind of before that. This is, they consider the gas-powered buggy the the first, uh, what we know as a car now. Because okay. it, it was powered by gasoline. Okay. But he invented his own, which is pretty amazing if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't go out and invent my own car if I wanted to go somewhere. I would have to just go buy one. <laughs> right. Now, he and a, and a passenger were driving along in this. And he was, I guess he became distracted or something. Now, I, of course, they didn't have texting back then. <laughs> so I don't know what he could have been distracted by. Maybe he was you know, counting the buttons on his shirt or something. Can you imagine what it, did you ever see a picture of these, these gas-powered buggies? Yeah, they're, they're, just think of like an old buggy. Uh-huh. It's, it looks a lot like that. They don't have like a, a bunch of contraptions and knobs and dials and buttons, do they? It's hard to say. There's so many. He, like I said, he wasn't the only one that invented one. Okay. There were different ones, so it just depends on which one you're looking at. They did not look like a Model T, though. He had a telegraph machine on his, and he was he was too busy setting out a telegraph while he's supposed to be driving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was using. He was too. He was too busy using Morse code to send out some messages. So this is the first guy to 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 be distracted while driving in America. That's what I'm. That's what I'm assuming. I don't know exactly how this happened, but the point is, he was driving along, and I'm assuming he did not see this tree root that was sticking out of the ground, <laughs> and his car struck this root, and apparently this root was so big that it knocked his car out of control. And it crashed into a hitching post. Now, when it says hitching post, I'm assuming that means what you hit your horses to. Because this is the 1890s. I'm, that's what I assume. I'm making a lot of assumptions in this story. Yeah. But luckily to him and the passenger, they only had minor injuries. They were able to walk away from this. It wasn't too bad. But why this is odd is that this was the first ever gas-powered automobile accident on record. Nice. The very first car wreck, if you will. Nice. Um, did they? Who was the passenger? Did they say? Yeah, there was a name. I didn't write it down because it, it just really wasn't near as important. Was it a man or a woman? Uh, I believe it was a man. Oh, okay. I was going to say if it was a woman, then we know why he was distracted <laughs> yeah. while he was driving. <laughs> well, even if he was a man, we, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, could have been. Who are we to say? <laughs> yeah, we don't judge on this show. Now, 
Let's go four years later. It's 1895. Mm-hmm. We're in the same state of Ohio. Cars are still not a big deal. If you have a car or something around like that, you know, like we said, the Model T didn't come out until 1908. So if you were driving around on something of that nature, people assume that you were just really rich or you were just very odd. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something something they saw every day. People still got around by buggies and that sort of thing. In the state of of Ohio, the entire state of Ohio, there were only two cars. In the whole state, in the the, entire state. In the entire state, there were just two gas-powered vehicles. Okay. And of course, for some reason, these two gas-powered vehicles found themselves on the same road. I'm assuming one's going one way and one's going the other way. It's like when you're in the hallway, right? At, at school. I don't know why you have to be at school, but just when you're in the hallway at somewhere <laughs> and you're going one way and somebody else is coming from the opposite direction towards you and you're going to cross paths. You know, the the idea is you're going to go either to your left or to your right and they're going to go to the opposite direction so that way you can just pass by each other and everybody's all fine and dandy and getting to their destinations. Right. But it almost always happens, I don't know about you, but to me, where we both, me and this person who I'd rarely even know pick the same direction and we almost always run into each other then you try to go the other way and you both do it at the same yeah, time yes. and then one of you makes that obviously just ridiculous statement want to dance <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how i learned to tango so <laughs> but the but the point is these two cars the only two cars in ohio uh became enthralled in an accident <laughs> that is crazy the only two cars in Ohio crashed. But there is a second part of this story, Chris. And that is, when I was researching this little fact, I found it very difficult to find the original source of this little story. You find this little thing a lot of times, uh, especially on the internet, where you know the people put these little odd facts up, mm-hmm. and you can see those. That's where I first saw it. They traced the, the origin of this little... Uh, fact to a book that somebody had written there's a lot of these books i got quite a few of them myself or they're just about strange odd different facts that you know throughout history mm-hmm. and it was in one of those but even the source that they used it wasn't much of a source like you couldn't really tell where it has I mean, in fact i even tried to look for the actual town or area in ohio that this happened and i couldn't find it really yeah and on, on top of that the state of Ohio didn't require uh, cars to be registered until the early 1900s. What are the cha- You're right, though. What are the chances that the only two vehicles in the entire state that are gas-powered vehicles um, find each other and collide? Now, it was. Is, let's say it was real. Okay, let's say this really did happen. Um, yeah. I'm not saying it didn't, um, but but let's we're, we're going to say it did happen. Um, it's one of two things. I'm telling you right now. It's one of two things. They were rivals. They were both, you know what I mean? Like they're trying yeah. to make the best gas-powered buggy around. And like one would sometimes try to sabotage the other and go back and forth like spy versus spy style <laughs> until, <laughs> until uh, 
you know they finally it's it's like it's like the the west the old western they're both on each end of the road facing each other with their little gas powered buggies and you know the ones telling them i i, I ain't i ain't turning the other one say i ain't turning either and they're, no, they're playing chicken and, yeah yeah exactly it's exactly it's a game what of chicken. happened so that's the only reason that happened or um they were just you know both on the drive it's a nice day out and uh they're the only vehicles on the road now when you had horse and buggies were there ro- uh, rules of the road at that time did they have lines in the dirt path to keep you know buggies on the one side going you know one way and the other side going the other way lines on roads as we know them now i don't think happened until much later i don't even think it happened until after paved roads well obviously it had to happen after paved roads but it must have been some sort of common courtesy because yeah. but i guess not because if you look at a lot of the old old pictures from those old times it doesn't look like there's any sort of sense of uh order to the direction of a lot of the carriages and, and the people walking in the streets it just seems like mass chaos everyone just is avoiding hitting each other they're just going um, yeah it kind of reminds me of have you seen all these uh, the the main square or whatever they're in tokyo Oh where yes, a, where I there's just it. a sea, there's a sea of humanity crossing the street all at one time. Yeah, from, it's like di- from different directions. Yeah, yeah, from different directions, but they never ever run into each other. It seems that right there is on a, a is one of is a bucket is on my bucket list of a place to to see before I die on Earth. I want to go to that intersection in Tokyo and walk around with all those crazy people and and neon lights everywhere. Yeah. You're probably the only one running into people. <laughs> oh, no, I would be if it was me. So my thought is, like, with these guys driving, uh, if there's no rules of the road yet because there aren't vehicles to make rules for the road and there's no lines and there's no people saying you should be on the right or left or do this when this happens, it may have just been that they saw each other and, and they were just kind of like, okay, well, I think maybe I'll go this way. And the other guy's thinking, I'm just going to turn, you know, and they just turned the wrong way maybe. And Yeah. What if they were from rival high schools? <laughs> And it's like a it's like a grease situation sort of. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't even playing chicken. They were they were drag racing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Because I, I assume they came from opposite directions. I actually don't know. They could have been on the same. They could have been one side by re- side. One just rear-ended the other. He he's the same guy that that hit the <laughs> hit post. He it could have been distracted a, yeah. again. It could have been a pit maneuver. <laughs> the one guy sitting at a at a crossing as he's waiting for the horses and buggies to go by. The other guy comes up behind him. He's counting his buttons again. Doesn't pay attention. Rear ends the guy. Yeah. Could you imagine how mad you would be? Like you, like you just got this car. The only there's only one other car in the whole state, and that car runs into you. Well, I was gonna say too. Just think about how angry you, you are now when you get into a car accident, because it's not like you're never gonna get a car again. Most people, you know what I mean, and you've right. got insurance that'll help pay for it. But it's still this this sense of you just damaged my property. Now, yeah, there's no nationwide back then. I don't yeah, think this guy. It's not even just you damaged my property. You damaged my life's work. I invented this machine. Yeah, this is my. I made this with my hands. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> So what year? So this is what is this? What's the year you're giving us? The 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 year of the first automobile accident on record uh, was was actually, 1891. 1891. Yeah, and then this story of two vehicles crashing, the only two vehicles in Ohio, is 1895. 1895. The two yeah. vehicles in Ohio find find each other. That's awesome, yeah. dude. That is <laughs> that, my friend, is odd. That is odd. Very odd. Now what? odd thing do you have oh okay dude the story i have for you today really is pretty odd um okay before i start let me ask you what do you know about dams well no need to cuss me but (laughs) uh 
I, I knew you were going to say something about I know, salty I know, language. I know beavers enjoy them. Um, I know there's a we only have a few around. Actually, we have quite a few around in North Carolina. I see some near me all the time. But, you know, the, obviously everybody knows the gist of them is that they help control water flow and that sort of thing. There you go. According, Okay, here you go. So according to good old trusty Wikipedia, you know, yeah. we, we all can trust Wikipedia. Yeah, never um, lies. A dam is a barrier that impounds water or underground streams. Reservoirs created by dams not only suppress floods, but also provide water for activities such as irrigation, human consumption, um, that sounds weird, doesn't it? Human consumption, like it they're does. consuming humans, yeah. uh, it's, it's makes it safe for humans to drink. Uh, industrial use, agu- aquaculture, and uh, navigability. Hydropower is often used in conduction in conjunction with dams to generate electricity. Dam building. Now, this is was something that I found out was kind of cool. This is something I learned during research. Dam building can be traced all the way back to Mesopotamian times. The oldest known dam is the Jawa Dam in Jordan. It it's goes. It's dated back to around three thousand BC. So we the can Jawas. Act, yeah, right. That's exactly the what Jawas did. This swear, swear to God, Jawa, the, Jawa Dam. The Jawas dated from around st- from Star Wars. <laughs> from Star Wars, my friend. <laughs> But think about that. Think about how cool that is. If you that there's actually a place on Earth where you can go and see this structure from 3000 BC that we're still doing, you know, creating these structures today, these dams. It's insane. That's pretty amazing. That's yeah. impressive. So between 3000 BC to the industrial revolution, techniques for building dams and uses for the the structures evolved at an exponential rate. During this time, uh, harnessing electricity from water was becoming a more lucrative endeavor for many. By the late 1800s, power stations were beginning to take advantage of the advances in hydropower technology. And in 1881, old, the, uh, the old the Power Station Number 1 near Niagara Falls on the U.S. side began to produce and supply electricity to hundreds of thousands. So this is 1881. By 1900s, engineers were beginning to eye like the Boulder Canyon area in Colorado. Uh, and Utah and all that entire that entire stream that whole area the canyons where the Colorado River runs through they wanted to basically build a dam to harness the energy of the of the river uh, and they wanted to be able to you know with the goal of controlling floods providing irrigation and producing hydroelectric power so a number of years passed uh, from 1900s when that started as surveyors and planners worked with engineers in the United States government to put together a plan for the dam in 1922, representatives of seven states met with then-Secretary of Commerce Her- Herbert Hoover, which eventually uh, resulted in the signing of the Colorado River Compact. Uh, this was going to allow them to go ahead and build a dam, and the dam was going to be for the purposes, like I said, to produce electricity and to help with uh, irrigation out there in, in the West. On December 21st, 1928, President Coolidge signed the bill authorizing the construction of what would later be known as the Hoover Dam. It would take a total of five years to construct, putting many to work during the Great Depression between 1931 and 1936. From the signing of the Colorado River Compact in 1922 to the dam's completion in 1936, over 21,000 men worked on the construction of the dam. And during this time, 112 of them met their untimely deaths. So here's my story for today. The first of those men, the first man to die after the project was begun, had begun, 
was a man by the name of John Gregory Tierney, or J.G. for short. J.G. was born in May 20th, 1885 in Piedmont, Missouri. He was the sixth child in a very strong and large Irish Catholic family. Like his, grandfa his grandfather before him, he made his career as a hard rock miner. Uh, he would, it, the work would end up taking him to Idaho and then Arizona and finally to a survey camp on the bank of the Colorado River. A hard rock miner sounds like a, a kid who's playing ACDC. <laughs> you can just see him going to town. If you could put a rim shot after I said that in production, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so this guy, John J uh, J.G., uh, by the time he gets to the Colorado Basin, um, he's, in his, he's in his late 30s, he's about 36, 37 years old. It was here... On December 20th, 1921, that a flash flood caught J.G. and his survey crew, and he was knocked off of a barge and into the unforgiving waters of the raging Colorado River. Newspapers at the time offered differing accounts of what happened, but the ending was the same. J.G. disappeared into the water, and his body was never found. Uh, Walker Young was an engineer in charge of the dam project, and he had this to say about the accident in, uh, in the January 6, 1922 edition of the Clark County Review newspaper. He said, when, Tier when Tierney lost his life, it completely demoralized our forces. The rising Colorado River has made the work extremely hazardous, and about 15 of our men quit immediately. However, they will be replaced and work will go on. J.G. Tierney became the first man working on the Hoover Dam project to lose his life. Now, the last man to lose his life working on the dam would do it in a different way. He didn't get caught in any floodwaters. He fell. Dude, he fell 320 feet. Can you imagine falling to your death? No, I, that's, I hate heights, so oh, that's that's the worst thing. That is that, probably one of my biggest fears, because how long does that take to fall 320 feet? I'm assuming it probably doesn't take as long as we think, but I bet if you're the one doing it, it's, you know, it's probably enough to start thinking about things. That's what I'm saying. Like, what are you thinking when you're falling to your death? Yeah. That is just, to me, is that, that, that like, horror movies don't scare me. You know, they give me jumps, like, they make you jump. But true fear, true things that scare me is the thought of like having to know you're dying, like you're about to die, like you're falling. So death is good, about to meet you. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Some of my worst nightmares, like my legit nightmares when I'm sleeping, are when I'm when I'm falling a long distance. Oh God, that's the worst, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the final victim of the Hoover Dam during its construction was a 25-year-old electrician's helper who was working on one of the two intake towers on the Arizona side of the dam. He, he died when he fell. It was December 20th, 1935. His body was recovered several hours later from about 25 feet of water on the upstream side of the dam where the Lake Mead was beginning to fill. So think about that. You heard the date I told you? Yes. So from the time of the first death, J.G., December 20th, 1921... To the last death, December 20th, 1935, 13 years had passed. Exactly, exactly. 13 yeah. to the day. Dude, the cursed number. 13. And as if that wasn't spooky enough, here's a little fact to add to your little journal of historical oddities. The 25-year-old electrician's helper who plummeted 320 feet to his death, his name was Patrick Tierney. He was the son of J.G. Tierney. 
They each died working on the same project 13 years apart to the exact day. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Isn't that odd? That's very odd. I hope that family doesn't work on any more dams. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. mean, that's just... That's yeah. terrible. I hope not. And and unlike uh, like your story, you know, you, you were saying how it's kind of hard to really pin down whether or not that accident between the two vehicles really did happen. Uh, right. This one is, is 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 actual fact. You can you can look into the registry of death. Uh, it's it's um it's a part of the. They actually have a plaque, a, a metal a plaque at the Hoover Dam, um, at the site that that talks about both of them, the father and son. Um, and a lot of the information I got for, for this during my research, I got from an article that was written in the Las Vegas Review Journal by this guy named Henry Breen. He ended up finding, um, I think it was uh, uh, an ancestor, maybe a great-granddaughter or something like that, of, of the family. And she talks about how like this date, the December 20th, every time it comes around, it's kind of like a, a little bit more melancholy around their family's home uh, yeah. because of the story that's been passed down and they know what it means and um, it's it's a pretty cool article. Like if you go in and read it, it's 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 really interesting. Now I know you went on a cross country trip one time. Yeah. Did you did you stop at the Hoover Dam? No, I didn't. And I got to tell you, I'd like to now, knowing this story as well. I'd like to go check it out. But not even just this story. Like in my research and doing this, I researched like uh, the Hoover Dam and how the dam was made and what went into it. And there's, I mean. That in and of itself is really really cool. If you like history. Um, the, 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 just, just the story of the Hoover Dam, the building of it, even the controversy behind the naming of it. Because originally it wasn't supposed to be named the Hoover Dam. Um, it was because it, it was it was it was supposed to be called the Boulder Dam, and there was it was all these political reasons and political infighting why Herbert Hoover shouldn't be tied to it, and uh, FDR refused to call it the Hoover Dam during the you know during the um, what do you call it when when they uh, when they finally finish the project and they have the the big grand whatever you know what I mean dedication the unveiling yeah yeah the dedication he called it the Boulder Dam like there's all kinds of crazy controversy and it's really a really cool history behind that dam so yeah isn't it uh, like between two states too I believe so yeah yeah and I think I've heard that the two states it's between one of them they have to, they have different time zones the two states do. So oh, like yeah, there's a so spot like, where you so can like, be in both. Yeah. yeah, so like if you work there, because there are people that work at the dam, mm-hmm. and if you work there, they say like if it's your first uh, days on a job, it takes you forever to get used to it, and somebody's almost always late. Yeah, it's on which time? Yeah, which time do you go by? Yeah, it's on Nevada and Arizona, and that's that's yeah. the line where the uh, the mountain line mountain range goes through mountain yeah. time so. zone. <laughs> that is pretty funny. Can you imagine that? Like you have to get up two hours early just to get to work in time. Yeah, that'd be terrible. No, no thank you. And then <laughs> you're always late going home for dinner. Yeah, that's almost as bad as plumbing <laughs> throwing your feet to your death. Oh God, <laughs> but no not thanks. really because that's much worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather be late to dinner than that. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. I'm telling you, falling that's that's one of the worst. I don't want to ever have to experience what that would be like. Yeah, me either. Oh man. So there you go, listeners. That's our uh, that's our episode of That's Odd. This is what you're going to be expecting every other week uh, on the opposite whether you, week. Whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or odd. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to be putting it out every other week on the opposite weeks of our regular episodes of History Creeps are the podcast that we do with Carter Johnson. Uh, in which we speak about these weird kind of odd stories, but more in depth, and usually they're bigger, deeper stories. This one, I mean, we really couldn't fill a full hour 
episode on unless we went in depth with other parts of the history but the oddest part was just this father-son tie 13 years Oof, weird yeah that is very strange so anyway we're gonna do what we do normally right close out the show and tell them where they can find your other podcasts and your artwork and uh and the network and all that stuff let's do it my name is johnny townsend you can find my uh, instagram at johnnyism28 that's where i put my art and stuff my other podcast is retro blist it's on this very same network and on itunes and stitcher and also has an instagram page which is just at retro blist and a facebook page Amazing. My other podcast is Back Issues Comic Book Podcast, as well as History Creeps. Uh, those two are found on the network, BICBP-radio.com. There you'll find those podcasts, as well as a number of other ones and a couple of new ones that are starting. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. When you find something you like, head over to iTunes or Stitcher. Make sure you subscribe, comment, and rate. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know what we can do to make the show better and more entertaining for you. Um, Dude, this was awesome. This, I, I'm, I, I am excited to kick off that this that side. This is this is going to be fun. I think so too. Very nice. How do you want to? How, how are we closing it off, man? What's our what's our closeout? It's going to be this. Stay odd.